Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for June 19th, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings. Wherever you may be sleeping after tonight's Monday Night Raw. Holy shit. All night, I had bots. All night, I had bots in my fucking comment section on Twitter. Why do you watch, man? Why are you such a hater, man? Why don't you... uh Criticize AEW. I mean, please tell me that you don't watch my shit. Please. I get it. You're a fucking idiot. You have bad taste. I get it. Monday Night Raw, man. I don't know what people were watching tonight. I think they were watching, I think they were watching Monday Night Raw from maybe 20 years ago. I'm not even sure it was good back then. This show sucks. 
I hate this fucking show. I really do. I hate this show. And I'm not being overdramatic. I'm not being, oh, well, he's always negative. Well, if WWE put on a good fucking show, maybe I wouldn't have to be negative on Monday. I enjoyed last week's show. I thought what they did was serviceable. I got geeks online telling me, when was the last time I enjoyed Monday Night Raw from start to finish? What the fuck are you, crazy? I mean, who the, who the fuck are these people, man? Where do they, where do they breed these people? That's what I want to know. When has the WWE show ever been fucking perfect, man? There's only three shows I can remember off the top of my fucking head that were perfect in WWE history. The 1993 SummerSlam, the 2002 SummerSlam. Oh, no, no, not, not SummerSlam. That was, that was not a good SummerSlam. That was, actually, that was a decent SummerSlam. The 1993 King of the Ring, the 2002 SummerSlam, and the ECW One Night Stand in 2006 at the Hammerstein Ballroom. That's it. That's it. WWE shows are never perfect, ever, period. They have great moments, but that's what they hang their hat on, great moments. This show can never be perfect if Vince McMahon is making drastic changes to the show. Why did this show suck? Let's break it down, huh? First of all, WWE's in Cleveland, Ohio tonight. I absolutely thought that Johnny Gargano was going to be brought back to WWE television tonight. Being that Cleveland, I'm not sure you're aware. But Cleveland, Ohio is Johnny Gargano territory. They brought out Logan Paul. They brought out The Miz, who doesn't even live in Cleveland anymore. He lives in fucking Los Angeles. But Johnny Gargano, yeah, fuck that guy. He's nothing more than a Triple H indie midget. Where's Johnny Gargano? I can't wait for the online Twitter doctors to tell me that Johnny Gargano is still injured. He's not injured, and he should be back by now. No Johnny Gargano. Very bizarre creative decision. I'm sure that was one of the drastic changes that Vince McMahon made to tonight's show. Oh, we can't have that indie midget, pal. I fired him a couple of years ago, pal. He didn't even fucking fire him. Johnny walked out because Triple H was basically stripped of all power. Don't know why Johnny Gargano wasn't on the show, but what the fuck do I know? I'm nothing more than a geek who talks about wrestling on YouTube. Braun Breaker. Here's another one. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker and Seth Rollins are having this world championship match On NXT, Tuesday night. Does anybody know why this match is taking place on NXT? Because for the fucking life of me, I don't know why this match is taking place. Because there's no story to this world championship match between Braun Breaker and Seth Rollins. Oh, but there was no story on Collision on Saturday. CM Punk gave you two stories in the first 10 minutes on Saturday. I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Maybe you should clean your fucking ears out. No story. I'm sorry. Andrade in the House of Black. Story. CM Punk in the first 10 minutes. Story. CM Punk and Samoa Joe in the main event. Story. Three right there. What else am I missing? Christian Cage and Wardlow. Story. Tony Storm and... Ruby Soho versus the OGs of AEW, the women. Story. Am I missing anything else? 
I'm sorry you don't watch the show. Shut the fuck up and let the professionals talk about it. You would have realized what the stories were if you watched me and Jesse on Saturday night. Cheap plug, by the way, if you missed that video. It's live on the channel right now. Braun Breaker. Why is he challenging Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship? Seth Rollins is not NXT. He was NXT back when it was good, but no longer. The reason why Braun Breaker is challenging Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship is because they think we're fucking stupid. Nick Khan wants to change NXT and make it into a legitimate third brand. Sorry, man. That doesn't work that way. That ship has fucking sailed. It might be down with the fucking missing submarine that went, that went hunting for the Titanic earlier today. That's where NXT black and gold is. You think you're going to resurrect black and gold? <laughs> oh, man. Nick Khan, man. You're a fucking comedian, Nick Khan. Give me a break. That trust with the audience is now gone. That trust will never be recovered ever again. The match is only taking place because WWE needs ratings on Tuesday night because they nobody they know nobody's watching that fucking steaming pile of garbage on Tuesday night known as NXT. So what did they do tonight? Braun Breaker cuts a promo backstage with who the fuck cut the promo? I don't even know. Was it uh, one of the women? Cuts a promo backstage and he's talking in this very, very melancholy, very tame, very soft spoken voice as a heel. We'll go over what he said in a little bit. He's sitting there and he's talking to uh, the, the interviewer And he's just coming off like he's having a fucking conversation. Like, where's Braun Breaker that we see on Tuesday nights? The Braun Breaker that we got on Monday Night Raw tonight is completely different than the Braun Breaker that we got on Tuesday nights. Why is that? Because Vince McMahon thinks that what he says is the way to go. That's why. Now, fuck what you're doing on Tuesday nights. You're on my show now, pal. Braun Breaker's cutting this very soft-spoken promo about Seth Rollins on Tuesday night, yet I want the energy and the intensity and the anger of Braun Breaker to nowhere to be found tonight. But you don't watch NXT, so you don't really know what Braun Breaker's all about. I, unfortunately, watch it in my own time on a weekly basis. That's not Braun Breaker. What we got tonight was not Braun Breaker. And where is the lack of creativity Or why is WWE lacking creativity, I should say? Where is the creativity in WWE? It's non-existent. What exactly did this promo do for Braun Breaker tonight? How did that set up the match on Tuesday night to get me excited about it? What is exciting about this match? It doesn't make any fucking sense, and it reeks of desperation. You couldn't have Braun Breaker be the one to attack Seth Rollins tonight? That would be Finn Balor. There were drastic changes to the show tonight, says Sap on Fightful. You want to know what the drastic change was? Braun Breaker was, uh, was the one who was supposed to attack Seth Rollins tonight, not Finn Balor. Finn Balor attacked Seth Rollins tonight. That wasn't in the original script. I don't need a fucking $5 paywall to tell you that. Braun Breaker was the one who was supposed to attack Seth Rollins. Guarantee you'll hear that story in the next 48 hours. 
Why didn't that happen? Because Vince has a problem with NXT stars attacking main roster stars. He doesn't want the main roster stars to be looked down upon in regards to the developmental. But WWE's got no fucking problem putting Mustafa Ali on Tuesday night. WWE's got no fucking problem putting Baron Corbin on Tuesday night. They got no fucking problem putting Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler and Dana Brooke on Tuesday night. But Broad Breaker, one of the biggest stars on that brand, a legit stud, he can attack somebody like Seth Rollins. It doesn't come off as believable to Vince McMahon. Bullshit. Failure. Why can I sit here and tell you every reason why that should have been the opening segment, yet they changed it? Or am I wrong? Here's a spoiler for you. I'm not wrong. I'm hardly ever wrong. The only reason why you don't like what I have to say is because the truth fucking hurts. I'm sorry. Don't watch me. Go watch somebody else who's going to sit there for an hour and fucking pretend like they enjoyed the show while they fucking bullshit you into existence. You fucking break. Why didn't Braun Breaker attack Seth Rollins tonight? So you'd rather go into that match with no story and no heat instead of doing what you should have done tonight. Sure thing. Sure thing. You know where I'll be on Tuesday night? Not watching that match because it's overly fucking predictable. Like I expect Braun Breaker to beat Seth Rollins so Seth Rollins goes into Money in the Bank with no championship against Finn Balor, right? Fuck out of here. Ridiculous. Desperation for ratings. That's all they want. So then they can convince USA Network, hey, look, we drew an eight. Hey, look, we got close to AEW Dynamite's ratings. Give us more money to keep this shit show clown circus on Tuesday night. Mind the ballpark? More than likely, I am. Missed opportunity there. WWE announced Logan Paul and his return tonight. We see Logan Paul on Monday Night Raw sitting atop a ladder underneath the Money in the Bank briefcases. I wonder what announcement he's going to make tonight. Wow. Oh, my goodness, man. I wonder what he could be. Logan Paul announced that he will be the seventh man added to the Money in the Bank ladder match. That's great. That's great. Triple H wanted young up-and-comers. I don't think Nakamura is a young up-and-comer. I don't think LA Knight is a young up-and-comer. He's certainly an up-and-comer. Santos Escobar is not a young up-and-comer either, but he's certainly an up-and-comer. This match was supposed to groom the next main event guy in WWE. I actually liked that WWE wasn't going with any star power in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Does it really need star power? Does it? The Money in the Bank ladder matches usually deliver anyway, and you don't realize who's in there because the match is always fucking solid at the end of it. No, but Vince needed Logan Paul in the Money in the Bank ladder match. They needed star power in the Money in the Bank ladder match because I can't go with these Triple H NXT guys, pal. Everybody's NXT in that match. Legitimately, every single one of them is NXT. You don't think Triple H had a fucking reason for doing what he did for that match? You don't think Vince saw that and changed it? Drastic changes. There you go. Who knows? 
Logan Paul might win Money in the Bank if Triple H is out of the creative equation, if Vince McMahon has a fucking say in it. Logan Paul could win the Money in the Bank. You think Vince gives a shit about what we want? The majority of the audience wants L.A. Knight. That's all the reason that they need to give Logan Paul the Money in the Bank ladder match. The fans want L.A. Knight? Fuck them. We're going to give it to Logan Paul. And Logan Paul is going to challenge Seth Rollins at SummerSlam in a WrestleMania rematch because Vince McMahon loves doing WrestleMania rematches at SummerSlam. It's the only thing he knows how to do. That's why SummerSlam has sucked the last few years. Nothing but WrestleMania rematches. Tell me when I am telling lies. I'm not. And you can't sit there and refute anything that I say. The truth fucking hurts. Deal with it. Your show sucks. And your company, your beloved WWE, is creatively inept. A fucking bunch of idiots running this show. I could grab five fucking children off the street right now and they'd write a better fucking show than what was given tonight. Ridiculous. And qualifying, I mean, fuck qualifying. You got six fucking guys who qualify for this match and six women who qualify for this match. Logan Paul shows up and says, I called management. Who the fuck did you call? Triple H? Probably not. I called management and they realized that I'm a star and that I don't need to qualify. Some logic there. Who wrote the fucking show, you say? Was it Triple H? No, it wasn't. It was Vince McMahon. Logan Paul doesn't need to qualify. Do you want to know why? Because they don't fucking care. That's why. The Money in the Bank ladder match and the pay-per-view is already booked. Oh, Logan Paul can't wrestle. We're not paying him to wrestle on Raw. But meanwhile, yet six other guys qualify for the fucking ladder match. If you wanted Logan Paul to be in the ladder match, why the fuck did you give us weeks of guys qualifying to be in the match only for Logan Paul to say, hey, bro, I picked up the phone. I'm in the match. Kind of makes everything else that you've seen before it useless. But I'm the one who's negative. I'm the one who hates WWE. I'm sorry, bro. The fucking company hates its own fans. I don't hate WWE. I hate that their creative sucks dick. They hate you. I don't hate them. I hate the way that they run things. Because I can sit here and ask the questions, yet we get everything the opposite on Raw. It's my fucking job to call it out. If I didn't, who else would do it? Ridiculous. So now Logan Paul, that makes him the odds-on favorite to win the ladder match, don't you say? If LA Knight doesn't win the Money in the Bank ladder match, I swear to God, man, I may have to boycott this fucking show. I really may have to boycott this show. There is no conceivable way that you have L.A. Knight out there getting the reaction that he gets and you don't reward him for getting over on his own. The crowd loves him for whatever reason. I'm not asking why. I love it, and I love that guy. 
But that's a punishable offense in WWE. This is what they don't tell you. This is no. This is what you're not going to hear on Fightful. And you're not going to hear this on Busted Open Radio. And you're not going to hear this on any other show. Maybe one or two logical human beings who discuss this shit. But L.A. Knight getting over on WWE TV on his own is a punishable offense. They don't want you to know that. And neither do these geek podcasters in the community who think their shit doesn't stink. It's a punishable offense. WWE has done so in the past with LA Knight. They tried to disguise the cheers with booze. They want you to think that he's a heel, yet the fans cheer him on a weekly basis. I'm sorry, LA Knight is getting reaction after reaction after reaction, and they get louder and louder and louder. But you want to fucking conceal that with piped-in fake crowd noise to pretend and make me think that the fans don't like him and that he's a heel because it doesn't fit your narrative and it doesn't fit your creative vision for him. Fuck that. Whatever happened to the customer is right. Does that not apply in WWE? Does that not go? Does that not fly with WWE management? They hate you. They don't want to give you what you want. It's only on a rare occasion do they give you what you want. When they are forced to do it because you make enough noise or if there's really no other creative decision but the right decision, that's when they'll give it to you. Other than that, they don't give a fuck what you have to say or what you want. They're going to go with what they think is best. Mommy knows best. Papa knows best. Fuck off. A 78-year-old, senile, demented fuck doesn't know shit. There are people in this community that book this show better than the people running the actual program. They don't want to admit that. They're getting paid to write for one guy. They're getting paid to write for Vince McMahon. They don't give a shit about us. No, but I got to hear, oh, you're a Vince McMahon fucking geek. Everybody, everybody thinks you're... You got Vince McMahon on the mind. Who do you think's running the fucking show? Look at this show tonight. 50% of it was Triple H. 50% of it was Vince McMahon. I don't know what to tell you. Look at SmackDown. Look at SmackDown. This man's influence is bleeding over to SmackDown on Friday night. Every fucking match was a two-minute match. I think the longest match we got was nine minutes. Every other match, two minutes, three minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Triple H books two-minute matches? Give me a fucking break. Open your fucking eyes to what you're watching. Triple H doesn't book two-minute matches. If he does, he's forced to. It's all Vince McMahon. Every single fucking thing is Vince McMahon. 50% of this show was Vince, 50% of it was Triple H. Maybe that, maybe, maybe 35 if we're really speaking truthfully here. And you can see what Triple H's say in creative was. One of them was Tommaso Ciampa coming back with his old NXT black and gold theme music. That was a Triple H decision. Certainly. Fucking show sucks. Company sucks. Everything after WrestleMania has been a downward fucking slope. 
Everything but the bloodline. Everything but the bloodline. They managed to fuck up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They managed to fuck up the... I was going to say Seth Rollins, but not really. Seth Rollins is actually one of the better things on the show. His gimmick and his shtick is getting a little fucking annoying. They managed to fuck up Cody Rhodes beyond repair. I mean, Cody is on TV, and I, I feel nothing when Cody's on TV. Nothing. All I look at now is a manufactured fucking android baby face that Vince McMahon is modeling in his own image. That's all I see. I see nothing about the Cody, or I see nothing of the Cody that I once loved. Nothing. WWE has turned Cody Rhodes into a corporate fucking android. That's what they've turned him into. So much so that I may have to go back on what I say. It's either Jay, Jimmy, or Solo beating Roman. Fuck Cody Rhodes. We're more invested in the bloodline than we are Cody Rhodes. Yet you want me to believe when the time is right, Cody Rhodes is the guy to beat Roman Reigns. He's not the guy now. He was the guy then. He's not the guy now. And he won't be the guy come WrestleMania. Mark my words. Mark my words. What are you going to do? You're going to give him the Royal Rumble at what? Number one. And it's going to be forced even more so in January? Sure thing. Sure thing. I X for adversity. I didn't X for Brock Lesnar for the next four fucking months. Jesus fucking Christ. Gunther is another one. Great. Maybe part of my fucking problem was was Gunther was not on the show. It dipped in quality because he wasn't on the fucking show wrestling. We're going to go over this shit show tonight, man. I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You guys about you guys are out of your fucking mind if you thought this show was good. Uninspired, uncreative, boring, lazy. Let's just get through it for three hours and get to the next town. We're one week away from money in the bank. That's all this was. Meanwhile, AEW, by the way, it's AEW week this week. Dynamite was a banger. Collision was a fucking banger. Dynamite on Wednesday is going to be a fucking banger. And then we got Collision again on Saturday. And then we got Forbidden Door on Sunday. It's AEW week. This shit sucks. Get excited about real wrestling, not some two-minute bullshit that you expect to fucking feel investment in. WWE hates professional wrestling. You love professional wrestling? Watch Sunday night when Brian and Okada go 30 minutes. Garbage. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. If you missed all the content over the weekend, man, there is plenty of it. Saturday afternoon, we were live for the SmackDown post. Thank you for all the support on that. That's nearing 30,000 views. We were live on Saturday night for AEW Collision and the debut show. That one's nearing 40,000 views. Thank you. And anything else that you guys might have missed on the channel, everything you need is on the homepage. Tomorrow night, my guy Andrew Baydala and I will be live with episode two of Tuesday Night Titans. The new show on Tuesday night. You want wrestling talk? We're going to give it to you. Join us on Tuesday night. 
8.30 p.m. Should be a banger. Like I said, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that thumbs up. We got 553 likes. There's, there's no way we should be under 1,000. After that opening monologue, I, I should have 1,000 minimum. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go and get those super chats in as well. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always with our cold beverages. Never an obligation. Always a suggestion if you guys want to. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out as always with the super chats and welcome the new members at the end of the show. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Hit that join button down below and become a channel member. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics, the maker of the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. Your first drink of the night for a better tomorrow. Z-Biotics is engineered by a team of PhD microbiologists. And is a probiotic drink that breaks down the byproduct of alcohol, which is responsible for rough mornings after drinking. Z-Biotics. Link will be down in the description. If you guys want to check them out. And also pinned down in the comments section at the very top, man. Z-Biotics. Go check them out as they are sponsoring tonight's show. Right here on OTS. Monday Night Raw. We start at the top. Raw open with Seth Rollins in his ring entrance. And as the fans were singing Rollins' theme, Finn Balor attacked him from behind. Balor threw Seth into the ring post, stomped away at him, beat the shit out of him. Officials and referees separated him. Balor then leapt off the steps with a coup de grace on the champion. And then they cut to a commercial break within five minutes of the show. They replayed the Balor attack when they came back from commercials. The announcers wondered what Balor's motivation was. Well, Rollins wanted the Balor that he wrestled seven years ago, so here you go. This is the Balor that you wanted from seven years ago. Deal with it. So the announcers wondered what Balor's motivation was. And Breaker, they mentioned Breaker has... Rollins on Tuesday night. They went backstage where trainers were checking on Seth. Balor attacked him again and threw him into a production crate. Now, I don't think this match needed any more heat. I don't. I think we got the gist of it last week on WWE television when they had a back and forth where the crowd would not shut the fuck up singing Rollins' theme. I don't know why this needed a premeditated attack. Like you had another week of WWE television to get this point across. They could have easily did this next week. I mean, there's not much more to sell. Why couldn't this wait till next week? I don't get it. WWE, Vince McMahon changed Raw. Drastic changes. And WWE was forced to give this segment this week because Vince said so instead of doing it logically next week. 
This segment should have been Braun Breaker's segment. This segment should have been Breaker spearing Rollins in the middle of that ring during his fucking theme music. This segment should have been Braun Breaker beating the shit out of Seth Rollins before their match on NXT Tuesday night. Now what you did was jeopardize Breaker and Rollins on Tuesday night. Should be a decent match, but it's a decent match with no heat and no story. Instead of giving us Balor, which you could have did next week. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Garbage. Was it a hot open? Sure. It was a hot open with the wrong man. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All of a sudden, we got The Miz standing in the ring after all this nonsense happening with Balor and Rollins. He had a microphone, and he complained that Seth wasn't able to go through with the open challenge, which, by the way, was canceled tonight. It's another drastic change Vince McMahon made. He canceled the open challenge. He said he planned to beat him and become champion. He said he was going to give the people of Cleveland a chance to see one of them be a champion. He said he was going to issue an open challenge instead for himself so he can show everyone what a winner looks like amongst a crowd of losers. Tommaso Ciampa came out making his return to Raw and they did finish up the story with Miz and Ciampa as of nine months ago. If you guys remember Tommaso Ciampa on WWE TV, He was the quote-unquote lackey of The Miz on Monday Night Raw. A former NXT world champion. One of the greatest heels in the history of this company. And the greatest NXT champion of all time is a lackey for the fucking Miz. I can't wait for the people to tell me that's not a bad spot. And all the Miz fanatics that come out cursing me tomorrow... Champa should not be a Miz lackey ever, ever, ever on any fucking planet. I don't give a fuck how many Grand Slam championships the Miz won. Champa is greater than the Miz, then, now, and forever. Give me a fucking break. The Miz wishes he could do what Champa does. He doesn't need to, but don't sit there and tell me that Champa needed to be with the Miz and the Miz was somehow a beacon of fucking light for Tommaso Ciampa on the main roster. Nobody gave a shit, nobody remembers, and nothing happened. Nothing good came out of it. He got a great reaction. He came out with his original NXT theme. His original theme was booze, 
with no theme music, but the first inkling of a theme music that they gave him, that's what he came out tonight with. I love it. I love it. Great. Triple H decision right then and there. So, Champa answers the open challenge of The Miz. We all knew how this was going to go. Champa wins in about four minutes. Champa was on fire. Miz kicked his leg, knocked him down, hit a DDT for a two. Miz came off the top with a double axe handle, but Champa caught him midair with a jumping knee strike. Champa followed with a fairy tale ending for the one, two, three. The fairy tale ending is a great finish. Miz took it awful. Miz doesn't like the bump. So it looked like an awkward landing for the Miz off of Champa's finishing move. Champa got a decent reaction for his return. And I think a lot of people realized in Cleveland who he was because he was associated for many, 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 many months with Tommaso Champa and Johnny Gargano. So that's why uh, Champa got a decent reaction on Raw because of his affiliation with Johnny Gargano. Now, are we going to get DIY at some point? I hope so. Champa on his own is great. Do we get DIY on the main roster? I'm certainly hopeful of that. I think the tag team division could use a nice shot in the arm with DIY getting back together because clearly they're not doing anything with fucking Gargano solo. Gargano would be a perfect opponent for Gunther in the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. He would be. I don't want to hear anybody else say no. But pairing them together, I think, makes uh, everything a lot better. Because I don't really have any hope. If Vince McMahon's 50% booking this show, I don't have any fucking hope for Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano individually on Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed this. I'm glad he got his theme music back. I fucking love this guy. I've been a fan of Ciampa forever. And with his NXT run, something that will never be duplicated, man. Something that will live in the annals of WWE history as one of the greatest heel runs that this company has ever seen but some of the most magnificent storytelling that the company has ever embarked on. But some of the greatest matches that this company will ever produce. And I'm not saying that because I love NXT. I'm not saying that because I love Champa and I'm partial to Champa and I love Gargano and I'm partial to, Bar- uh, to Johnny Gargano. Those are the things that they did because it's all true. Just go back and watch their body of work. I don't need to fucking sit here and tell you. And if you don't think so, you clearly didn't watch NXT. Are they going to tell the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa story on the main roster? Triple H has to say we would be getting that. But I don't know where they go. I'm just glad he's back. Glad he's somewhat healthy. He looks in phenomenal fucking shape. And I hope they keep this momentum with him because he was hitting his stride before he got hurt. And now he's back. He got a decent reaction tonight. I hope that they can keep the momentum going with Tommaso Ciampa. Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic, and Rhea Ripley were out on the stage. They cut a big promo right on the entrance ramp. Balor said Seth's open challenge is canceled because he's the only one who's going to take the world title from him. He says if fans like singing his song so much, they'll be singing it at his funeral. Fans began singing Seth's song. Rhea Ripley said they should sit down and shut up and show some respect for Finn Balor. She said Balor will be bringing that world title to the Judgment Day. She said she's the most dominant woman in WWE. She said Priest will win money in the bank. And she said Dominic, her Latino heat, is going to take down their favorite, Cody Rhodes. Dominic got booze. 
He did the usual spiel where he has to speak loudly because the fans are booing him. He challenged Cody to a six-man tag team match. Later tonight with Cody choosing his own partners. I wonder who they could be. Byron Saxton. He interviewed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for his reaction to what happened, Sami Zayn's reaction, for his reaction to what happened with the bloodline on Friday night. Kevin Owens got angry and he flipped out over being asked about the bloodline again. He said, enough is enough. Sammy says he didn't want to bring it up publicly, but KO has an anger problem. He says if KO can get through the night without blowing up in anger again, he will shut up about this, but he has to admit he has an issue if he doesn't make it through the evening. Kevin Owens agreed and then left. Saxton turned, uh, Sammy turned to Saxton and said he's been dealing with this for over 20 years. I don't know how you guys feel, man. I am not feeling the Kevin Owens anger problems. Yet I got people telling me that Vince is dancing in my head and I got nothing but visions of Vince McMahon and blah, 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 blah. I don't know, man. Let's go back to the beginning stages of Monday Night Raw when Triple H was completely in charge. Did Kevin Owens need a gimmick? Did Kevin Owens cut a KO show? Did Kevin Owens come out with some fucking bullshit comedy? Now, Kevin Owens can do whatever the fuck he wants, and it's going to be enjoyable because Kevin Owens is great. But I'm trying to pinpoint the differences between administrations when it comes to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was a badass that did not need a gimmick. Kevin Owens was a badass who wanted to fucking fight and stun people. Triple H brought Kevin Owens back to the NXT version of Kevin Owens that he molded for the main roster because he realized what Vince McMahon was doing with Kevin Owens was completely lame and cringe. Now, all of a sudden, we got Kevin Owens after winning the fucking tag team titles in one of the most serious storylines in WWE history, one of the greatest stories that the WWE has ever told. Kevin Owens leaves WrestleMania and all of a sudden develops some anger problem. He develops a character. He turns into a gimmick. Why does Kevin Owens need a gimmick? When did Kevin Owens ever need a gimmick outside of fight Owens fight or kill Steen kill? Do you get my point? Why do we need that, Kevin Owens? Why do we need this comedy, Kevin Owens? The reason why Kevin Owens is angry and he's got this anger problem is because Vince McMahon says he needs something else. That's why. Again, I don't need for you guys to pay $5 for paywall or whatever the fucking price is to hear this type of information. Vince wants change in his way. But you didn't get this Kevin Owens going through April. Now all of a sudden we got Kevin Owens fucking anger problems and yelling and causing a ruckus in some comedy-like fashion. Tell me... When I'm telling lies, I don't. I'm not buying it, I don't like it, and I don't get it. Is it entertaining? Sure it is, because we all love Kevin Owens. But Kevin Owens doesn't need a fucking gimmick. Certainly not in a tag team with Sami Zayn. Let the in-ring work speak for itself. Chelsea Green. 
They did this TikTok video skit with Chelsea Green acting very Karen-like. She threw a coffee at somebody waiting in traffic. She tried to get into a department store while the department store wasn't open yet, and she busted in. She complained while getting a coffee. Now, normally, I'd sit here and tell you that this shit sucked. But this is the type of stuff, if you want me to care about Chelsea Green and this gimmick that she's portraying, this is the type of shit that I want to see on a weekly basis. I want to see her causing a fucking ruckus in different locations. I want to see her being a Karen live in the real world to sell the gimmick. So I know most of you probably thought I was going to hate this. I actually enjoyed this. I thought this was kind of creative for Chelsea Green. Will it lead to anything? I don't know. WWE is going to monitor the situation and see what the fans like and don't like about the situation. I thought this was great for her. Is it going to make me care more about Chelsea Green? Probably not. But at least at least they're building layers to her gimmick. Whereas they didn't really try at all to tell me why she's a Karen. It was only against Adam Pearce. It wasn't against anybody else in the real world. This was good. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Two minutes. Two minutes. It's amazing, man. Caden Carter and Katana Chance actually brought Ronda and Shayna Baszler to a match. A good match last week. How were they rewarded? Two minutes this week. Nice to know that the great job that they did last week was rewarded with two minutes of TV time and a stripped-down entrance compared to what they had in NXT. Yet people don't see this as a problem. I do. You're presenting half of the tag team that they were in NXT. Why did they need their entrance taken away from them? They came out through the crowd in NXT. Now, I know it's a smaller crowd, But don't you think if that they were a little interactive with the fans, that maybe the fans would give a shit about them a little bit more and start caring about them a little bit more? Why do they go out there and they're dressed in their ring attire and they're dancing and they're both beautiful women, right? Why are they out there without all the fucking pomp and flair of their NXT entrance? They had the streamers, they had the fucking neon lights, it sounded like and looked like it was a rave, they had the fucking smoke guns that they shot in the air. Where is all that? Where is all that? But then I got fucking morons on Twitter telling me that this was a good show. Meanwhile, half of the fucking people don't realize what they're watching. Where are you people when I actually enjoy the show? Oh yeah, that's right, you're fucking dead silent. Silent night on Twitter when I actually like a sh- uh, when I actually like a show, but when I hate a show and I got complaints about a show, you all want to fucking come out from your fucking caves with your fucking cum stained blankets and start yelling at me. Go jerk off to some Pornhub or maybe some Alexa Bliss fucking titty pics online. I'm sorry. You don't like what I have to say? Go watch somebody else. Alexa, stop! 
Alexa, stop! I don't know why I got that thing. Jesse, why is that thing plugged in, bro? I don't get it. Who asked for that device to be plugged in, bro? I, I would like to know. I, what the fuck were they playing, man? That doesn't sound like my type of music. What? You were listening to country while you were cooking tacos earlier. Oh, you were listening to Elton John. I forgot this guy's an Elton John fan. This fucking guy, man. Seriously. I don't even know why I come here. I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. I'm going to have to dump you on Wednesday and now on Saturday. This fucking guy. I don't even know why. Yeah, keep mumbling under your breath, motherfucker. I hear you. This fucking guy. There you go. The reason why it's called off the script, man. You never know what's going to happen. Carter and Chance win in two minutes after their after-party double-team finish, which did not look good tonight. But I still love them. They're great. Kathy Kelly. She stood ringside and interviewed Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, man, he had to come out not once but twice tonight with the entrance. Whoa! His broken arm, man. He's got that broken arm. Cody Rhodes. This guy is fucking unbelievable, man. He's back in the backstage area. He's doing fucking stretches. He's doing he's doing stretches with his broken arm with a resistance band. How many weeks is it now since Brock Lesnar broke his arm? Man, what is it, like five weeks? Five weeks? I'm no medical fucking uh, professional, but I don't think Cody Rhodes, if he had a broken arm should be moving his arm in that fashion after five weeks. But I'm negative. You fucking break. Rhodes made his entrance. He wore a suit. He's got the uh, the cast on, man. I'm going to start wearing a cast on, on the show, man. I'm going to do this show with one arm. She asked for his thoughts on the six-man match. Challenge laid ba- laid down by Dominic. He talked about Priest and Balor. And then there's Dom, he says. So finding partners shouldn't be tough at all. He accepts the challenge. At least they did the, the segment and the interview out in front of the live fans instead of in the backstage area. Give me a break. Indus Share. We got Veer, Veer Mahan. With Sangha and Jinder Mahal. It's great. It's exactly what I want on my Monday night. Oh, my goodness, man. Junk, man, junk. With a $100 super chat, this fucking guy says not a single word, doesn't leave a message, and he just leaves a bomb. It's unbelievable, man. Junk man junk. Thank you for stopping by, brother. You are anything but, uh, but junk. Love it. Got the best fucking fans in the community, man. Thank you so much, brother. In the share. They had a rematch with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. 
buried. Buried on Juneteenth was Cedric and Shelton Benjamin. But I'm sure that was just a coincidence for WWE, right? Sure thing. Let's talk in the share, man. In the share comes out to crickets. They're in the ring, and they're nothing more than a botch fest. And they're sluggish, and they're slow, and they're not really... They're not really crowd-pleasing is Indus share. Crickets. These guys wrestled in silence. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's invested. Nobody's emotionally invested in these guys. They're not relatable. Telling you one thing and one thing only about Indus share. If you think that WWE is pushing... This tag team, because they somehow love tag team wrestling all of a sudden, they need a big dominating heel tag team to come up through the ranks. You are sadly, and I mean pathetically mistaken. The only reason why this team is being pushed is because WWE has a major show reportedly happening in India for a premium live event later this year, where I suspect that they are being built up to walk into that show as the conquering heroes to take the tag team titles away from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Now, I could be wrong on that. I hope to fucking Christ I'm wrong on that. But if you think that Vince McMahon is pushing these two guys because somehow he loves tag team wrestling and he needs another dominating big man tag team in WWE, that ain't the case. These guys have absolutely zero upside. Making these two guys... The tag team champions at any given time is going to be just as bad as Jinder Mahal becoming the WWE champion in 2017 for this tag team division in 2023. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You can't. Given these guys, the tag team titles would destroy the tag team division. What are we going to, what, what are we getting? Two minute matches? That's exactly what I signed up for, right? Two-minute matches? Meanwhile, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are probably the tag team of the year. They've wrestled their fucking ass off. They were a part of the greatest story in WWE history, and you want to build them up, these guys, in the share, to take the towels off them? That would kill your tag team division. I don't give a fuck about in the share at all, and neither do you. And if you do, you're lying. A waste of my time. Yet we got two guys in Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander that have been toyed with so many times. Where's the Hurt Business? Why isn't the Hurt Business back together? Vince doesn't want the Hurt Business. Vince wants to hurt the former Hurt Business members. Bobby Lashley's on Monday Night Raw. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are wasting away, on SmackDown rather, they're wasting away on Monday Night Raw while Bobby Lashley's on Friday night. Not being used a single time on Friday night since the draft. Yet it was too much. It was too much creatively for WWE to get the Hurt Business back together on WWE TV. Like, we don't have fucking how many other fucking factions on this show? That one was a problem, right? That one caused a major problem creatively. So instead of having three guys who could feed off each other and become something together on TV, you want Bobby Lashley, who's not doing anything right now, you want Bobby Lashley as the lone star and these guys to be fucking absolute waste of paychecks. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. Indusher sucks. You will never get me to like anything Jinder Mahal does. He's a fucking cancer, and so are these two guys. Typical big man tag team with absolutely zero upside. They are one of the most one-dimensional tag teams recently to come through the system. Zero upside. What happens when they win the titles? Nowhere but down. Once these guys are beaten, that's it for them. Done. Backstage, Sammy and KO were shown talking. KO collided with a guy who was holding a cup of water. And Sammy said KO hates getting wet. KO tried to calm his anger. Said it's all good. Says he doesn't have an anger problem. He's just an idiot, this guy. He's an, he has an idiot problem. So the guy didn't do anything on purpose. Matt Riddle walked up and started talking about watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Little Giants. I haven't watched those movies in fucking God knows how long, man. What the fuck was he doing for Father's Day? KO snapped at him, but then calmed down and wished him luck in his match against Ludwig Kaiser. Sammy reacted like he was counting down KO having a meltdown. Riddle then uh, patted KO on the chest and KO uh, said, uh, don't touch me, bro. Logan Paul. I'm surprised JD knew about Juneteenth. I got you on the good potato salad at the cookout. Why wouldn't I know about Juneteenth, bro? Why wouldn't I know about that? Everybody that I know professionally that works in the city was off. Of course I know about Juneteenth. Come on now. Am I that out of it? Ladies and gentlemen. (coughs) Logan Paul. He was sitting on top of a ladder, middle of the ring. Got a dark spotlight on him. Said, it's great to be back in Ohio. Said, there are young kids aspiring to be as successful as him. Said, the best people in the world come from Cleveland. He mentioned LeBron James. Mixed reaction. Jerry Lawler, he got cheered. And then he mentioned himself, which got a mixed reaction. Mostly booze, but a mixed reaction. He says when he thinks back at his life in Cleveland, he thinks about moments that made him great. So the moment that made him great was when he left. So he went to Hollywood while they got to freeze their asses off in the winter. Said it smells like industrial steel outside and the Browns still suck. I'm the best you people have. I'm the best you people have in the IWC. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You can't. Logan acknowledged his brother lost his last boxing match. He lost to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and The Miz lost his last match. Says he's going to put respect back on the city of Cleveland. So they called the WWE executives and got a special invitation He says he will be competing in the Money in the Bank ladder match and he will win the contract and cash it in on whatever title he wants, whenever he wants. He said he'll have them back in Cleveland and they will celebrate when he is the Money in the Bank briefcase winner. 
Now, I don't know how you guys watch this and then don't ask the question of why. So we have six guys. We got Ricochet, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, and Shinsuke Nakamura, who all qualified for Money in the Bank ladder matches in the last few weeks. Yet we got Logan Paul, who's now entrant number seven in this thing, who just randomly shows up on Monday Night Raw because WWE is in Cleveland, and he announces that he's in the Money in the Bank ladder match because he called some high-end WWE executive. Does nobody have a problem with that? Sounds like a big logic gap creatively, if you ask me. Now, if you wanted Logan Paul in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I don't know why you didn't put him in first and then announce the men and women in the Money in the Bank ladder match as the weeks went on. Yet we got six men and women who qualify for this Money in the Bank ladder match through winning matches on live television, weekly television, and all it takes is Logan Paul to show up because Raw's in Cleveland and say, hey, I'm going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm going to win the briefcase. Nobody seems to have a problem with that, huh? I have a problem with that. It's typical WWE garbage. If you didn't want qualifying matches, then we should have fucking axed the qualifying matches. If you wanted to put Logan Paul in there, we shouldn't have had a fucking single one. And how does that look? To everybody who's on the road competing in weekly television, when a guy like this, who we haven't seen since WrestleMania, comes back and all of a sudden is granted an opportunity that everybody else had to fight for. You can turn that into a story all you want. I don't give a shit. If Logan Paul wants to be a WWE superstar, then treat him like a WWE superstar and less like an internet sensation. You want to be in the WWE? Then you got to follow the WWE protocol. Everybody else competed in a fucking qualifying match? You should make it to Raw and compete in a qualifying match for Money in the Bank. No bullshit. But people accept mediocrity. And people accept this because it's Logan Paul. WWE is basically telling you that everybody in this ladder match is less than Logan Paul. Great. I don't like it. Bullshit. Ricochet walked out. Graves noted Ricochet is already qualified. Thank you, Graves. I didn't need to be reminded. Ricochet said he made Logan Paul go viral at the Royal Rumble. He says he doesn't, and they'll make him go viral again at Money in the Bank. That's why he's in there. Says he doesn't care. How he got in the match, because it doesn't change the fact that he will walk out of London as Mr. Money in the Bank. Sure thing, Ricochet. It's great to dream big. Shinsuke Nakamura came out. Nakamura asked Ricochet if he seriously said he doesn't care. He says he does care. He says he will be in Money in the Bank, and he will be Mr. Money in the Bank. Great. Sure thing, Nakamura. Sure thing. I wonder what type of surfing goes on in London. L.A. Knight. Huge reaction for L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, is a SmackDown superstar. What is he doing on Raw? Fuck do I know. Not that I'm complaining that L.A. Knight's on Raw. L.A. Knight's great. But I would love an explanation as to why a SmackDown guy is on Monday Night Raw when he's on fucking Friday night exclusively. 
Big logic gap there, huh? But we're supposed to take the WWE draft seriously. Meanwhile, LA Knight on SmackDown's on Monday Night Raw with zero fucking explanation. Oh, but it's money in the bank. Yes, Monday Night Raw has its own competitors in the money in the bank. Give me a fucking break. LA Knight's out there. Let me talk to you. He took a dig at Nakamura and Ricochet and then made fun of Logan Paul saying that he made his name off of making videos for 14-year-old girls. He told the Money in the Bank uh, competitors that that briefcase has his name on it. L.A. Knight. Big reaction. Santos Escobar made his way out there. He's a SmackDown guy, too. What the fuck is he doing on Monday Night Raw? Fuck do I know? Escobar said those are empty promises and lies. He welcomed Logan to the party. He said at the end of the day, he'll be standing tall as the Money in the Bank winner representing the LWO. Butch comes out. Another SmackDown guy. What the fuck is he doing on Raw? Fuck do I know? He didn't say anything. Let me at him. Let me at him, Scoob. Reggie. This was a Vince McMahon segment, if I ever seen one. Garbage. Logan Paul's out there. He's cutting a promo. Out comes Ricochet. Theme music goes off. Nakamura comes out. Theme music goes off. L.A. Knight comes out. Theme music goes off. Santos Escobar comes out. Theme music goes off. Butch comes out there. Then they all brawl. Wow. I wonder how long it took you guys to come up with that segment in creative. Yet I got geeks telling me that Vince has nothing to do with this show. Yet this was a Vince McMahon fucking special. 101. Grade A. Garbage. Smackdown guys on Raw. Logan Paul announcing he's in Money in the Bank without a qualifying match after we got six fucking qualifying matches. Yet I'm the negative one. I'm sorry. You're watching Garbage. Matt Riddle. He went one-on-one with Ludwig Kaiser. Nine minutes. Wow, we actually got something that didn't go two minutes. Matt Riddle won probably the second best match on the entire show. If I could say that, match. Matches on Raw. Fuck out of here. Who watches Raw for the wrestling? Kaiser made his way to the ring with Gunther. He did not wrestle. Which is a sad night when Gunther doesn't wrestle. Riddle was all over Kaiser, but he distracted himself by yelling at Gunther. So Kaiser tripped him up, suplexed him off the apron. Riddle started fighting back with the fisherman suplex. Some kicks, a running forearm, exploder suplex, a dive, a fisherman buster. He goes for cover, gets a two count. Riddle tried something off the middle rope. I don't know what the fuck he was going for, but Kaiser caught him with a rolling fireman's carry. Looked great. Kaiser tried a back elbow to the middle or off the middle turnbuckle, but Riddle countered into a German suplex. Riddle followed with a bro Derek for the one, two, three. Decent match. After the match was over, Gunther tried a cheap shot, but Riddle ducked it, fought back, 
They got the better of him, and Guther repeatedly stomped his leg as Kaiser held him down. So it looks like they are building Matt Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Maybe at Money in the Bank, maybe not. I don't know, but Matt Riddle's the next in line to lose to Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Medical staff started helping Riddle to the back. Imperium then in the back approached Owens and Zane. Kaiser was there, and he addressed KO. Sammy said KO was in the gray zone, and Kaiser got in KO's face. KO said nobody called them and nobody wants to see them. Kaiser said he wanted to know, or wanted them to know, if they're not careful, what happened to Riddle will happen to them. KO ranted about how Kaiser is long-winded when he speaks. Sammy showed KO a message on his phone and convinced him that they had bigger business to take care of. The message on his phone was Cody Rhodes asking them to be his tag team partners against the Judgment Day. Alpha Academy. Chad Gable and Otis with Maxine Dupree against the Viking Raiders. Eric, Ivar, and Valhalla. I had people telling me that this was awesome. I'm sorry. I don't know what you guys were watching. Chad Gable is awesome. I love Chad Gable dearly. But this was not awesome. I don't know how you guys can invest in four minutes. I don't know how you guys can invest in a feud that has no story. Like, what is the story? The story is what? Maxine and Valhalla. Who cares? They're training Maxine to do wrestling moves against a professional wrestler in Sarah Logan. One has experience, the other does not. Wow, man, you guys, I mean, your level of fucking uh, quality on this show has severely taken a fucking dump. Ridiculous. The Viking Raiders win in four minutes. They did a segment from earlier in the day of them chatting about their strategy in the match while Gable was training Maxine to do moves. He trains her to do a suplex. He says it's all in the hips. Then they cut away right before she did a vertical suplex. So we got this match. It went four minutes. So Valhalla... She was on the outside. Gable landed a flying headbutt on Eric. He goes for recovery, gets a near fall. Valhalla distracted Gable. Maxine intervened and suplexed her on the outside. She was thrilled with the suplex, and Gable cheered for her. Meanwhile, Eric caught a distracted Gable from behind with a knee to the back and a one, two, three. Now, I don't know what they're going for here. I really don't. I thought this was going to be Otis and Maxine, and maybe they were going to split Gable away, but I'm not liking the dynamic with Maxine Dupree with the Alpha Cat. I don't know why Maxine Dupree needs to be in the Alpha Academy. I don't. The only reason why Maxine Dupree is on television is because she's a blonde, and she's a pretty face. She was with the Maximum Male Models, who were taken off television because their gimmicks sucked. So instead of scrapping the entire thing, they kept Maxine on television, paired her with the Alpha Academy, and that's the only reason why she is on TV. She's the prettiest of the three. The other two guys, they're expendable. Get out of here. But this shit ain't working. 
How does anybody give a fuck about this? In fact, it's bringing Gable down. In fact, I hope Otis and Maxine go on their separate ways and Gable is split from this shit and he goes single. Which I hope is where they're going with this. Who cares? A lame story written by some fucking geek who doesn't know any better and the fans seemingly think it's good. Tell me where the good is. It's beneath Chad Gable. That's all I know. Backstage, Dominic said their advantage over Cody and his partners is that they are on the same page. Rhea Ripley says she should teach Cody not to badmouth the Judgment Day, but she's got her own business to take care of with Natalia. Kathy Kelly interviewed Natalia. She asked how she's preparing differently against Rhea Ripley tonight compared to Night of Champions. Natalia said Rhea beat her definitely, or definitively rather, definitively and definitely and quickly. And it's rocked her to her core. She said this is a chance for her to prove to Ripley that she belongs and to prove to herself that she still belongs. When did we ever ask for a Natalia redemption story is what I want to know. Who asked for a Natalia Neidhart redemption story? Seriously. This sounds like a Lifetime movie written all over it. You know what happens when I watch a Lifetime movie? I'm out cold in about 30 seconds. Ever watch those Lifetime Christmas movies? Oh my fucking God, man. If I have to fucking sit through one of those things, man, I end up pulling every fucking strand of whatever hair is remaining in my head out. God, that shit sucks. The most unfucking realistic bullshit that you'll ever watch on television. That's basically Natalia. They're trying to create a lifetime movie with Natalia on Monday Night Raw. Ending the redemption story. Give me a fucking break. Are you fucking serious? Nobody, and I mean nobody, asks for this. Nobody. Just like how people ask for Dana Brooke on TV. Nobody. Nobody asks for either one of these things. Natalia made her entrance. She gives her sunglasses to some poor fucking geek in the front row. Ripley attacked Natalia from behind and she stood on the ring apron. Ripley beat Natalia up at ringside. Officials ran in to check on Natalia and after the riptide, Ripley walked out as this match never even took place. If you are curious about where this is going with Natalia, you're lying. Natalia got nattied. <laughs> Oh, man. This whole fucking show was nattied. An absolute waste of my time. Yet they can't find room for Johnny Gargano on this show. That's that's what's confusing to me. We had to sit through an Italian interview or a, or a backstage promo. We had to sit through this. Meanwhile, Johnny Gargano, who legitimately lives in Cleveland, couldn't make the fucking show. Somebody please make it make sense. Somebody please make it make sense. 
Kathy Kelly interviewed Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez. She said, what Ripley just did to Natalia is not acceptable. I will stand for this no longer. She said she's going to win the money in the bank contract and cash in on Ripley and remind her that she's not the biggest fish. Ripley was walking through the curtain after she nattied Natalia and asked, what are you saying? Rodriguez says she better help. She doesn't win tonight because Ripley isn't ready for her. Now, this is a throwback to their NXT feud. Rhea uh, Rhea Ripley, her last match in NXT was actually against Raquel Rodriguez before she made her way to the main roster. It's a nice little throwback there, but I don't think Raquel Rodriguez is is, is in any position to be in the same ring for a women's championship against Rhea Ripley. I don't. If there's one woman on the roster on Monday Night Raw that's probably likely to take the title off of Rhea Ripley, that's not named Becky Lynch, it's probably Raquel Rodriguez. Akira Tozawa. Yes, Akira Tozawa approached Cody Rhodes in the back and said, if he's looking for a partner, I'm your man, he says. Cody sarcastically thanked him and said, sure, I'll think about it. Nice hair also, he says. Because Akira and Cody have the same hairstyle. Sammy K.O. walked up to him. Sammy said, anytime he needs help, they'll be there for him because he was there for them on the road to WrestleMania. Cody said Tazawa just offered to help. K.O. started to vent about being too late to be his partner. Cody calmed him by saying he didn't say yes to Tozawa. So he's saying yes to them. Kevin Owens then smiled at Cody Rhodes. Yes, I'm sure Cody was going to choose Tozawa over Kevin Owens. Sure thing. Raquel Rodriguez against Trish Stratus. The best thing about this match is that Zoe Stark didn't have to cut a promo. She was out there with Trish, though. Money in the Bank qualifying match. Trish is trying to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Six minutes, and you would think that Becky Lynch would stop Trish Stratus from advancing in the Money in the Bank ladder match. That she'd come out and maybe beat up Zoe and then get involved and help Raquel win so that she didn't have to deal with both Trish and Zoe in the main uh, Money in the Bank women's ladder match, right? Sure. You would think that. You would think creatively that would make sense, right? No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Smash went six minutes. This was every bit as awful as you would expect it to be. Because Trish in 2023 is just bad. Raquel working with Trish, who's bad, had a bad match because Trish is bad. And this was nothing more than a sloppy botch fest. I don't know what else to tell you. With a terrible ending. So, 
Stratus applied a camel clutch at one point. She pulled out the camel clutch. Stark interfered with the referee distracted. She tripped Gonzalez on the ring apron. I don't know what the fuck they call that. I mean, she tried to trip, but it looked sloppy as fuck. Stark interfered and then outruns Becky Lynch. Lynch attacked both Stark and Stratus in a blind fit of rage and got Raquel DQ'd. So she's out there attacking Zoe and then she mistakenly attacks Trish and then gets Raquel Rodriguez DQ'd. That meant that Trish Stratus technically won and qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. So now Becky has both Zoe and Trish in the same match as her. I don't know. Does this cancel out all three of them? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where they're going with this. Lynch acted shocked like she didn't know what she just did. Motherfucker, who booked this segment? Who legitimately produced and booked the ending to this match? Like, I don't give a shit. How, how fucking stupid you are. You cannot tell me that Becky's in the back watching Trish qualify or try to qualify for a Money in the Bank ladder match. There's no fucking way that Becky Lynch is stupid enough to forget that if she's out there and she attacks Trish, then Raquel is going to get disqualified. This ending was fucking the definition of stupidity. I don't understand what we did here. So Becky Lynch can go back to her cave and contemplate my precious, my money in the bank precious, think the fans looked at Becky Lynch like a fucking idiot after that? Ever since Becky Lynch turned heel, man, she never recovered. Ever. They got her out there as stupid as can be, and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. This ending sucked, this match sucked, and having Becky out there, getting Trish involved in the Money in the Bank is even stupider than fucking anything else on the show. Garbage. Braun Breaker. They had an interview segment with Braun Breaker. Kelly says it's not clear whether Seth will be cleared to defend the World Heavyweight title against him tomorrow. Breaker said there's no way Seth would use what happened to him tonight to get out of his match tomorrow. He then said Seth made such a big deal out of being a fighting champion. He said, what Balor did is nothing compared to what happened to him tonight at the hands of Balor. He said, maybe doctors will prescribe him enough courage to show up. He said, if Seth shows up, he'll be around Raw more often because he'll be the new world heavyweight champion. Remember when Braun Breaker first made an appearance on Monday Night Raw and they had him cut a promo, but at that point he was a babyface. He legitimately cut the same promo in the same monotonous 
unenthusiastic, unbron breaker like tone. At least now he's a heel, but somehow it still doesn't make any sense. Braun Breaker does not need to speak like he's fucking an educational fucking director. He doesn't need to speak like he's a fucking professor in some fucking super duper calculus class. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Braun Breaker is high energy. Braun Breaker is a fucking nasty prick. Braun Breaker should be energetic, over the top, and angry. Yet they got him out there like he's fucking giving orders for his Chipotle order. Yes, I'll have a burrito with brown rice and a little bit of pinto and brown beans, please. Maybe some guac on that as well. It's a little bit of pico. Yeah, sure. I'll take the green sauce on that too. Extra cheese, sour cream as well. A little bit of the corn too. How about that? Can I get that double wrapped, please? And can I get a soft drink, a large, and a bag of chips too? Can I get some of that queso? What happened to the, uh, that fancy steak you had? Right? The carnitas or whatever the fuck. This guy's fucking giving his Chipotle order. Like, where is Braun Breaker? You fucking serious? Shit is ridiculous. Vince, man, I, I swear to God, man. I swear to God. I don't give a fuck who hears it. I hope Vince croaks. I really do. The show would be better off with Vince dead. Honestly. Sam Punk was wrong. Sam Punk was never wrong, ever. What a fucking joke. I got to sit through this garbage every fucking week and I got complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint and then the fucking same mistakes that we read tonight will be applied next week. Byron Saxton approached Becky backstage and asked, what happened out there? I don't know, Becky. You were a fucking numbskull out there. What happened? I screwed myself, Byron. I screwed myself, Or did I, she says. She said she gets Trish in a match with ladders. She said she does have a lot of enemies in this match now. She said she can either overcome the obstacles she's created and win, or she can go down in a blaze of glory and take Trish and Zoe with her. Yes, that's WWE trying to make sense of a fucking stupid decision. I don't buy it. Oh, Trish is in the match now. Now I get to beat her with ladders. Yes, I'm sure that's a great explanation. That's a greater explanation than not having her in the match at all is what I'm supposed to believe, right? You fucking break. Who writes this shit? Are you fucking serious? Having her in the match is better than not having her in the match is what I'm supposed to believe. God, this show sucks. I swear to God, man, if you enjoy this shit, your fucking level of whatever, man, quality is in the dumps. Seriously. Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe... Maybe they need to bring me in to make sense, and maybe they should be hiring me as their creative coordinator. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. This went eight minutes. Wow! Eight minutes. Not two, not four, not three, eight. So we got a commercial break, because, I mean, it doesn't matter what happened before the commercial break. 
Nakamura hit a spinning heel kick off the ropes. Bronson Reed followed with a power slam for two. Nakamura tried a triangle choke, but Reed hoisted him up into a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Reed tried to shove Nakamura into Ricochet, but Ricochet popped up, and Nakamura landed in his chair, who was sitting on the outside, by the way, because that's typically a Vince McMahon thing. Oh, we need to have the Money in the Bank guys who are competing with each other sitting at ringside to watch this match. Ricochet then kicked the chair, and Nakamura into Reed. Nakamura stared down at Ricochet, so Reed attacked Nakamura and rolled him back into the ring. Ricochet turned his back on Reed, so Reed shoved him into the steel steps. Ricochet leapt onto the apron as Nakamura set up for a Kinshasa. Reed moved, and Nakamura knocked Ricochet off the apron. Reed followed with a back suplex and a beautiful tsunami for the one, two, three. Now, there's seven men in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. There's only six in the women's. I'm assuming they'll give Raquel a last chance losers match to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't know. Bronson Reed, I don't know how Bronson Reed's not in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I get that he's not Logan Paul, but I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Bronson Reed should be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Seth Rollins was in the back, or not in the back. He was in the, I guess he was at, what was he, at a hospital or a trainer's room? Maybe he was in the back. I don't fucking know. Rollins said the trainers said that uh, they took x-rays of his ribs. He said, no matter what, I'll be on NXT Tuesday night to meet Braun Breaker. He said, as for Balor, now that's the Balor that I wanted from seven years ago. Money in the bank can't come soon enough. Judgment Day, main event. Dominic, Damian, Priest, and Finn Balor with Rhea Ripley on the outside against Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and... Whoa! Cody Rhodes with his broken arm, man. How broken is his arm? He's out there wrestling for fucking uh, 14 minutes in the main event with a broken arm. Listen, man, the best thing on these weekly WWE shows is whoever produces these six-man tags. They're always high energy. They're always fun. They're always very good. But I'm tired of the six-man tag team matches in the main event. I really am. I really am. It's really really lazy, and it's really creative, but I can't really say anything bad about these six guys because they're all fucking great in their own right. But it's the same shit every fucking week. I mean, if it's not Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle against Imperium, it's Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rhodes against Judgment Day. I mean, give me a break. It's good stuff. But how how much can I invest in what's going on here when we have one week till money in the bank, and I'm looking at the field of six guys here. Cody can't lose. Sami KO can't lose. They're the tag team champions, right? Dominic can't lose. Finn Balor can't lose. He's got a world title match against Seth Rollins. Odd man out is Damian Priest. He's in the ladder match. He doesn't have a legit match going up against a single opponent. He's in there with five or six other guys. He can definitely take a loss. Has Vince McMahon's mentality. Oh, he, he, he's going for the briefcase, pal. He doesn't need a win. Owen's got a hot tag. He went after Dominic, and crowd went crazy. Ripley was on the outside. She was pacing back and forth. 
Balor got the better of KO for a minute. Owens made a hot tag to a very eager Cody who wanted to come on in. Crowd popped big for Cody. He went after Priest who tagged in. Landed a power slam and a disaster kick for a near fall. Ripley stood on the ring apron, distracted Cody. Priest then recovered and gave Cody a south of heaven. Perfectly executed for a near fall. Sammy broke up the cover. Dominic ran in, went after Sammy. Sammy tossed Dominic over the top rope. He fell right into Rhea Ripley's arms. Rhea Ripley was angry at this point, jumped back on the ring apron, started yelling at Sammy Zayn. Sammy put his hands on his hips and stared at her and then looked into the crowd. Sammy charged and flip-dove over Rhea Ripley, who ducked and landed on Dominic at ringside. Cody in the ring hit a Cody cutter on Priest for a near fall. KO reached for tag. Balor, though, yanked him to the floor. They brawled. Priest rolled up Cody from behind for a two-count. Cody knocked Priest out of midair, made the cover, goes for a cover. Dominic broke up the cover, tossed Owens to the floor. And then Sammy surprised him with a clothesline, a haluva kick. Owens gave him a stunner. And then Cody gave Priest a crossroads for the one, two, three. Don't know what you really want me to add to it, man. Paint by the numbers, generic, formulaic WWE six-man tag team main event where Damian Priest was the only logical outcome for a loss. This show sucks. Monday Night Raw in shambles once again. And tonight wasn't good. Tonight wasn't good. You know what was good? This podcast tonight. I'll tell you that. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You can't. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out in just a second. Memberships, they're always open. Get them on in if you guys want to become a channel member right here on Off the Scripts. VIPs, you can up. Your commitment to the VIP club, re-up. Got the best community in the IWC right here on OTS. Go check out all the other videos on the channel. Plenty of them. I'll be live tomorrow night with Andrew Baydala for TNT Tuesday Night Titans Episode 2. We got a lot to discuss. Coming out of SmackDown, coming out of Collision, coming out of Raw. Should be a great show. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. The summer is in full swing, guys. I don't know how many of you guys out there are ready for the beach, man. Do you guys got your beach bodies ready? Probably not. Most wrestling fans don't even know what the fucking sun looks like. Manscaped is here to ensure that your body is ready for the summer. Game-changing, full-body grooming and hygiene products. That's what we're dealing with here with Manscaped. Don't be that guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. Nobody likes that. Don't be the guy at the beach with those man tits. You're probably a fan of David Bixen's fan. More than likely, he would never see sunlight or a beach. Or woman's embrace, but beggars can't be choosers. It's time to get ready for the hot guy summer, remember? Go to manscaped.com. 
20% off and free shipping with code SCRIPT20 at checkout. The Performance Package 4.0, man. You're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0, their signature groomer, body trimmer. Whether you're trimming your chest hair or the chest hair in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. You also got the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. That's their ball deodorant and ball toner. The Weed Whacker 2.0 is also included. You're going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which I love, man. It is so nice. And the patented high-performance reducing chafing Manscaped Boxers. You guys need a nail kit? They got it. If you're wearing sandals, you're going to need the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for the grooming job, man, is essential. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Manscaped, 20% off. Free shipping. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here. On off the scripts. to the super chats guys uh michelle moran with a two dollar super chat i got a feeling sammy will hook up with the usos again maybe i don't know i think we're done with that they'll cross paths every now and then and they'll have some affiliation in some way but then they'll be back together yeah chest hair on your pants really didn't make any sense huh don't worry, I'm fucking, uh, I'm overtired. Sorry. Tyler Ezel with a 99.99 super chat. Sky just said, found your channel recently, been loving the show. Tyler, comment of the night, brother. Thank you so much, man. That's what I love to hear, man. People who recently found the show know exactly what the story is. We don't tell any lies here. The reason why we are the way we are, and we're the number one live streamed show on YouTube. Nobody's even close. It's because we're honest. The reason why I don't have 500,000 subscribers is because I'm honest. The reason why people hate me is the reason that most people love me. Because I'm honest. Tyler, thank you, brother. I don't want to know what the fuck is in your guys' pants, man. Chest hair, ball hair. I don't want. I don't want to know anything. Brandon Utley with a new membership. Brandon, thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking, Brandon? Drink is on me. Michelle Moran with another two dollars super chat. Sammy Ko on a lot tonight. Triple H or Vince move? I don't know. I don't know. 
Lunar Guardian with the 10 months. 10 months. Cheers to the best in the IWC. Thank you, brother. Or her. Lunar Guardian. Lord Jake Coyle with a five and a five. I know we say it a lot, but three hours is just too much, especially for us UK fans where it's finishing at 4 a.m. Let me tell you something, man. When I go out to London for All In, I am not covering Monday Night Raw on uh, East Coast time. I will do no such thing. I'll I'll worry about that the very next day. I'll go to some podcast studio and five o'clock their time, I'll be fucking covering Monday Night Raw. And then I'll go get drunk at some fucking pub with some of the fine people out there in London. Also, there's so much shit that can be cut out of a three-hour show that would make it a decent two-hour show. Also, fuck the haters. You're the man, Jay. The OTS for life. Thank you, uh, Jay. I appreciate you, brother. Nick Williams with 13 months. I pre-ordered Final Fantasy 16 and excited to play Thursday at midnight. If Logan Paul becomes world champion, I'll uh, I'll become Ifrit and burn down Detroit. Uh, I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy 16 myself, uh, Nick. I played the demo. I loved it. Uh, apostrophe, I see you, brother. I would rather have sky blue than red skies as well. Seven days out of the week. But uh, sky blue's off the market, man. She's dating Kyle Fletcher. Sorry to break uh, the hearts of many men out there, but we can't shoot our shot anymore. Sorry. Uh, Nick, thank you, brother. Uh, a bad seed called Sash, 10 months. Raw's main event was a copy and paste of Saturday's AEW Collision main event. Was it? Not even close. Salvatore with the $2 Super Chat. Trish will probably win money in the bank now because of VKM. Bro, if LA Knight and EO don't win their respective money in the banks, something's fucked up. Awesomeville with a 499. Did you see my tweet that had pics of Becky as Gollum and the image of Odyssey Jones drafted to Raw that was forgotten? Can I get a Dana bro? <laughs> oh, man. Dana. Dana's a fucking comedian, man. You Dana Brooke fans are fucking comedians out there, man. She sucks. No, I did not see the pe- uh, the, the picture of Becky as Gollum. I need a talented graphics designer, man, to give me a Gollum t-shirt with Becky... Or a Gollum design t-shirt with Becky's hairstyle and glasses. Gotta be the next limited print t-shirt, man. MGM Bolin with a $9.99. I like everyone in the Money in the Bank match, including Logan, but I'll boo the fuck out of whoever wins it if it's not LA Knight. I truly think it'll kill the vibe of the show, and I'll be there, so I'd hate it. Odyssey Jones? Yeah. Nobody knows. And nobody cares. Flash AJ 401 with a 199. Why does Sean's you comment on every tweet you make? Because he's looking for attention, bro. 
I have him on mute. I barely see his comments. I unfollow him on uh, on YouTube. Does he still make content? I don't know. I'm sure Sean is a nice guy, but man, he just refu- he refuses to change and refuses to grow. He refuses to learn the YouTube game. I'm sorry. JDC Biggins with a 10-month in the venue. Corny joke. Why did Roman Reigns enjoy getting hit in the face from the Usos? Because it reminded him of how his family gave his career a kickstart. Biggins, keep the jokes to Sidro, bro. Right, hologram, I don't, I don't get it, bro. People are fucking weird, man. People are fucking weird, bro. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Flamio with a 999. Champ and LA Knight was the only intriguing thing about this Monday Night Raw. Haven't done a super chat in a while. Just showing my support for you, JD. Go ahead. Thank you, Flamio. Jarrett Hopfinger with a five. That's why I like your input. Oscar wins, then Vince fires up the flare bot. LA Knight winning, the crowd over. The draft was stupid. Vince, RIP, WWE. Basic with three months. Thank you for the recommitment, Basic. Vince said this best in his promo with Flair in 2002. You don't know what's best for you, and neither do all of these people. Bro, Vince basically brought all of this to the public, and it went over everybody's head. It's exactly how he feels about it, man. It's exactly how he feels about you, me, and everybody else. Absolutely. Tay-Tay with a 499. Trish Stratus and Logan Paul being in the Money in the Bank ladder matches was definitely a Vince McMahon move. You know it, man. You know it. Jason Barker with a five. No message. Thank you, Jason. Rob G with 999. Logan Paul did physical activity in that dumb segment, but couldn't book him to be the jabroni like Tozawa to qualify. Like I said, Rob, tell me what I'm telling lies, brother. Also, Hall of Famer Trish Stratus and former champ Becky need to qualify, but a a celeb gets a spot. Everybody should qualify, Hall of Famer or not. Willie Teague with a three. This show really sucks. I know. Willie, I know, bro. Vinny with a 199. Hey, yo, Vinny over here. Vinny. LA Knight better not lose the money in the bank. Logan blows. Rich Gambill for the 14 months. Thank you, Rich. What are we drinking to celebrate 14 months, Rich? Just want to say cheers to the OTS family and to the ace of the IWC. Better believe it. Willie. Willie Teague with a $5 super job. I thought WWE was going to push Omas like WCW pushed Goldberg. Willie. Willie Teague, are you... My guy, Richard Gaymore. 
Chunk Man, thank you for the 100 bomb, brother. Appreciate you. Krauser. Krauser with a $2 super chat. JD, did you catch a Shadow Articuno yet, brother? No. I have not. Pokemon Go doesn't allow Shadow Raids to be remote, bro. I, I don't know. Let's, there's nobody in my area doing a Shadow Raid, bro, at 40,000 CP. Nobody plays in my area. There's these small suburbs and fucking whatever, man. I gotta go. To, I gotta go to fucking Manhattan to go get a raid done. I did get myself four Mute Shadow Muties, though. I'll tell you that. El Masse with a ten dollars super chat. The reason. For all the two-minute matches on WWE lately is because that's how long Vince lasts with his paralegals. <laughs> that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Yes, Patrick Palmer. They have now Shadow Raids in Pokemon Go. Yes. Somebody hasn't been on the game in a while. Patrick Palmer. And yes, by the way, I'm a fucking geek, okay? I play Pokemon Go. Every time I walk to the gym, man, I walk from Grand Central to where my trainer lives on 59th Street. 48th Street and Grand Central, I walk all the way to 59th Street, man. Right by the West Side Highway. Play Pokemon Go all the way, man. I stop to do a raid, stop to do a raid, and I walk, and I'm catching, and I'm fucking playing. Elmase, thank you, brother. Tay-Tay with a 499. Did you see Cedric and Shelton on the list of budget cuts? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Brandon Utley with a $5 super chat. The only stuff that was good on this show was a champ of return. LA Knight dissed to Logan and the main event. Yeah, but I was told that this was a great show. Three segments out of 18. The bastard with two months. What are we drinking to celebrate? Two months, bastard. Two months. Glad to be part of the best podcast in the IWC, hosted by the GOAT, the motherfucking ace, JD. I also agree with your tweet about Kevin Owens. Thank you, bastard. Has anybody heard the remake of this song, man? Papa Roach actually remade this song. It was during the pandemic. They went back and re-recorded this song for 2021. My God, man. And it's not that it's bad. I mean, it's just, it's not as aggressive as the original. This is just a cover song from some no-name band, but. Man, that Papa Roach debut album was fucking great, man. Their early albums were really good, man. Then they turned into garbage, just like everything else. Yes, Donzel, they made a remake, bro. I mean, you look it up. I think it's 2021 remake. I mean, it's it's fine. It's just Kobe, the singer, is not as aggressive as he was on the original. I mean, nothing beats the original. The original gets your blood going, man. Uh, Bastard, thank you, brother. Uh, Brandon, thank you as well. $5 super chat. 
Again, I gotta say, I'm a big fan of this podcast. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm finally a VIP. That's what I like to hear, Brandon. The Mr. Parker Show with 11 months. He leaves a message saying, hashtag, tell me when I'm telling lies. I actually, uh, I actually got that from my guy, Blame Truth, man. Call of Duty uh, YouTuber. I love Blame Truth. He's fucking, he's just basically me in the Call of Duty form. He's been doing this shit way longer than I have been, but he's fucking great, man. Very raw, unadulterated honesty. Hype Shooter with a 199. Really wish for the man to croak. Yeah. Fuck him. Brand, uh, Tommy Brannigan with 17 months. Tommy, what are we drinking to celebrate 17 months, bro? Awesome show, JD. As always, OTS for life. Looking forward to the Forbidden Door this weekend. Absolutely. I got a few more super chats, guys. I only got 881 likes on the live. I don't like, bro. Less than a thousand for this show tonight. After the honesty that I gave you, man. After the entertainment I gave you. Come on, man. The fuck is wrong with you guys, man? Get him up. If you need to take blue chew, code JD at checkout. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. You should make a shirt that says, tell me when I'm telling lies. You can't. It'll fly off the shelves. I would have preferred Drew over Paul for money in the bank. Why would Drew want to come back to this terrible creative situation on Monday night? I don't know. Matt Fugitive with a 5 OTS peeps, positive vibes, hoping a job change is coming within the next week. If it does, first round's on me. JD's on fire tonight. Keep it up, man. I'm always on fire, Matt. Good luck with that job hunt, bro. Tyler, again, thank you for the 100 bomb, brother. Happy to have you in the venue. Funny Rob Baby with a 499. JD and JD, you and OTS chat gonna hate me, but I could see Logan winning the money in the bank and beating Jay at Summer Scam after he beats Roman in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Rob, I don't know what the fuck you're drinking, but uh, I'm gonna need you to put the bottle down, okay? Roman is not losing at SummerSlam. Awesomeville with a 199. Can I get an Odyssey? Who? Zion Quinn, who? I don't know, man. They're on the back of a milk carton somewhere. I don't fucking know. Awesomeville, thank you, brother. Brandon Jefferson within 11 months. Almost a year, JD. Can't believe it. Before you know it, Brandon, it'll be 12. AJ, or LJ, not AJ. LJ, 499. I think J should be the one to eventually defeat Roman. Maybe at WrestleMania. Wishful thinking, bro. Wishful thinking. Krauser with a two uh, two dollar super chat caught a couple of uh, new Legos earlier. Want to add me?
Are those remote raids, Crowd? I think so, right? Are those elite raids? Remote raids? Not that I have any remote passes because I refuse to pay fucking double the price for them, but... And Tyler. Tyler Easel. He donates $100, says he loves the show, he's brand new, and then wants to become a member. Tyler's the MVP tonight, man. Thank you, Tyler. Carl Stevenson with a 199. Who should win at Money in the Bank? Roman and Solo or the Usos? Uh, That's what uh, I love most about this match at Money in the Bank. Carl, we don't have a fucking clue as to who's going to win. It could legitimately go either way. If I had to choose one, I'm going with the Usos. I think they need the win. I think that's what's going to happen. Will that happen? I don't know. We will see. We will see. Krauser with the $2 Super Chat. Yeah, they're remote. Got a 100% Dragonite earlier, too. That's great. That's great. I don't have many four-star IV Pokemons in uh, Pokemon Go, but I got a couple. I got I got a four-star Snorlax. I think I got a four-star Drillbird too. I think I don't. Know, I gotta check. Uh, anyway, uh, Awesomeville with one ninety-nine. Do you still play Mario Kart and Rage at it? No, I do not. Hype Shooter one ninety-nine. JD, what do you what do you think with Theory after the title run? What do you do with Theory after the? T- I have no fucking idea what I do with Theory Hype Shooter. I think Theory should lose that fucking title immediately. I don't think he's doing anything with that title. He's certainly not making it any better. It's like they dropped the ball on Austin Theory, too, after WrestleMania. After that John Cena match, forget about it. Waste of time. Brandon Utley with a $2 Super Chat. Can we get a Von Wagner lotion in the baskets? Von Wagner. I got to get the fuck out of here, man. Goodbye. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesse, lock him up, bro. I'll see you on Wednesday. Don't give me no lip clown. Appreciate you guys hanging out tonight, man. I got to get in this Mustang. I can't get away from this fucking show fast enough tonight, man. Holy shit. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chat love. Thank you for the recommitment to the VIP club. Go check out Z-Biotics and Manscaped to sponsor the show tonight. Live tomorrow night with Andrew Baydala for TNT Tuesday Night Titans Episode 2. And continue to hit that subscribe button down below, man. Become part of the OTS family right here on Off The Script. Guys, I will see you all tomorrow night live for TNT with Andrew Baydala right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.